You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is the Hot Take Hotbox. We are doing something a little different here today, ladies and gentlemen. WWE. Now, I know you people, some of you people are tuning into this. You're like, what the fuck? You saw the, you saw the title, though. So you knew what you were getting into when you clicked it. Uh, we are going to do a full in-depth breakdown of WWE Money in the Bank. Uh, if you guys don't know by now, I have 100% enthralled myself back into my childhood. And I, am, I, I took a good five years off. But, you know, and now I am just all the way back in. I am joined today by Dante Maglio. Dante, the resident WWE historian. How are you feeling today, Don? What's going on, man? Uh, feeling good. Just letting it all sink in. That Money in the Bank premium live event over there in London. Watched it. Had a great time. Have some thoughts. <laughs> oh, I have I Can't some wait thoughts. to dig into it. Uh, so... Overall, uh, I know they. This is kind of a corny thing to say, but it just felt, especially the main event, which I don't want to. I guess we should start at the beginning and then get to the main event. So, uh, so you didn't get to watch this live, though, right? I remember you, we were talking I about did it. Not, you were. You no. were I mean, it's. It, listen, hard, I wish. I really do wish that they went back to having them on Sundays. Let me just say that because I just felt like Sunday, especially when I was a kid, felt like such a WWE like. I remember begging my parents to get Unforgiven in 2006 when John Cena and Edge, like, that was some of the most all-time classic memories that I have as a child, but uh, it just felt like, I don't know, it just feels like there's too much shit you got going on on Saturday. Like, a Sunday night, I had really nothing to do today. If, if this was on, yeah. even in the afternoon, because oh, it, it was a London card, it would have been perfect, right? Yeah, it would have been great. Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock is, was rough. I will say this, though, the Saturday nights... Um, Sometimes when it's either East Coast time zone or whatever the case may be, like when they did Survivor Series, which I believe was in Boston this year, as well as last year, SummerSlam over in Nashville, like it did work having that Saturday night. Like, all right, I got nothing better to do on a Saturday night. Let me just pop this on and enjoy, uh, you know, maybe have a couple drinks and just hang around and, and watch. But yeah, once you get to the international ones, like even the Puerto, the Puerto Rico one, like Backlash, and then uh, this last one, those are Saturday nights when you have all these stuff. Because we were talking about the backlash. That was on the same night as the uh, the UFC card. Yeah. It's tough, Up dude. In, uh, you got all the shit going on, man. Yeah, it was like Saturday nights. Like, oh, do I watch backlash or do I watch the, the Sterling uh, fight, which was, an inc- which was a very good card to watch. But also, yeah, Saturday nights, it's kind of jam-packed. So did get to rewatch it, watch it late. Got some snippets in uh, earlier today as well. You know, the whole Twitter thing yesterday kind of killed me too with uh, them uh, limiting the amount of rate limit exceeded. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm trying to sit there, scroll on Twitter, seeing it. It's just like, oh no, you can't. Uh, So me and my brother were actually trying to like go back and forth and see who could get updates uh, quicker, just Google search and seeing what articles are written already. Yeah, I mean, it really was. I guess it's good if you weren't looking for spoilers because then you just didn't have to even be tempted to have it uh, ruined for you on Twitter. But I know. let's just get right into it. Uh, did you, I mean, I heard my, my boys were watching the pre-show. They were telling me Paul Heyman was cutting elite promos on the uh, pre-show. Like, I don't usually watch any of that stuff, but it sounded, it sounded incredible. Then they roll right in to the men's money in the bank to kick off the show. Uh, oh yeah, Logan Paul, L.A. Knight. We were obviously, uh, you know, I mean, the entire world seemed like they were rooting for L.A. Knight to take the briefcase home. Ricochet, Santos Escobar, Shinsuke Nakamura, 
Butch. Shout out to Butch. Butch. And then, Butch. But the winner being Damian Priest. Damian Priest. Uh, which I think if you go back, and, and I mean, me and you discussed this, right? this was one of those guys we thought that they could give it to. It definitely – uh, seemed appropriate. Doesn't I guess it doesn't seem that the uh, age was that much of a uh, nah. factor in LA Knight not getting it. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of weird when you when you hear internet rumors of of what's going on, and then you kind of look at it and you say, okay, well, you know that came out, but also you look at Damian Priest age like the same age, and you're like, okay, it's kind of kind of odd. Yeah, so. There were some crazy spots in this one. I mean, Men's Money in the Bank oh always God. does deliver that. But, I mean, Ricochet and Logan Paul almost Anytime died. Anytime you have Ricochet and ladders, yeah. it's just, stuff's going off the wall, and it's just nobody's safe. It seems like the, like it just one of those like modern-day like uh, Kofi Kingston, Shelton Benjamin sort of just super athlete that just creates oh these like incredible moments. It's insane. It's insane, and you kind of look at it, and each time you're just waiting for him to do something even crazier. And that spot of him and Logan Paul on the ropes yeah. and doing it into the tables was just, again, phenomenal all around. But you get, again, Ricochet, human highlight reel, basically. You know, anytime you get anything dangerous with him in it, you're just waiting for something to explode. And that they it didn't look uh, clean. Let's we can definitely no. say that they were struggling on those ropes. They were supposed to land on yeah. the top, I believe, and then they kind of slipped off. And then they they said Ricochet looked like Ricochet was like fuck this, we're just going with it. And they flipped head first into those tables. And Logan Paul got a gash on his shoulder and everything. It was uh, I give I give Logan Paul insane amount of credit for being able to just because again it's he's not a regular. Wrestle. I mean, he's a freak athlete, and it it shows, and it has shown even when he, you know, dabbled in, in boxing as well. But like being able to just get thrust into this world with those premier athletes and just kind of not only just hold his own, but have a bunch of moments in this match where you're kind of sitting there, like when he tried to do the the frog splash to Priest on the ladder. Yeah, and, and he like landed that and kind of got up and had more action in that match like you look at that and you just kind of go this dude is insane yeah i mean and that thing was like listen uh, again uh you really as much as fake as it can be man you really there's not a lot of this stuff that you can fake completely and that body to body on the ladder was ugly as we have learned as we have learned as kids do not try this at home yeah (laughs) the ladders as well yeah and i remember the days when those ladders used to break all the time none of those ladders were breaking yesterday they they were they were not gimmicked ladders they were 100 percent real it seemed (laughs) and uh i guess i I mean the finish was kind of like they kind of teased the la night and everything and then damian priest wins i didn't really have a i we knew really if you are a true wwe fan you knew in your heart they were not going to let la night win this briefcase he was too over when he came out the crowd exploded his pop on Friday nights. Oh my God. Absurd. And that's kind of when you, I got roped back into it. Cause again, I was hoping it was LA night and I was, and I was hoping, hoping, hoping. And I kept talking myself into the storyline lends itself better to priest over the next like few months with that briefcase or even month, not to try to, you know, predict the future, but even kind of month or so with that briefcase. But Friday night when he came out, I tried so hard to talk myself into he he's got to do it, and that crowd's just going to erupt when he does it. Yeah. And even when he came out for the for the match, like everyone else, you know, got modest ovations, and then here he comes out, and it's just 
yeah. wild wall to wall. They booed, <laughs> they booed the shit out of Logan Paul when he came out. And yeah. Like you said, everyone else kind of just got like a uh, reaction. Uh, they, I, I, I'd like to, I mean, I know, it, it's, I guess since all right, Damian won, I thought for sure at that point that Finn Balor was going to win the uh, title against Seth mm-hmm. Rollins. I thought that that was like the like, – yeah. Like they say, usually when the money in the bank is the first match of the night, it's kind of like, all right, now they're setting you up to like, we're going to cash yeah. this in later tonight, right? Like that's what it seems like the uh, easy handoff is there. But they, they did not do – I mean, not to spoiler alert, if you didn't say it, yeah. you, you missed out, but they didn't do that. Yeah, I thought for sure, and I think I texted you about this when we were theorizing like weeks ago that if Priest wins it, there's going to be a cash-in with him, Finn, and Seth making that a, a, a fatal three-way, and then – you know, you might get a, a priest pin of, of Balor and then some, some Judgment Day drama going on. I, and not to skip forward to that match, but, you know, you got to look into that. And that's why I think we talked about, like, that storyline itself, having Priest with the briefcase with Balor still chasing yep. that title is money. Because now you're going to get a month or so of, of promos leading into SummerSlam where I think, you know, you get potentially a... a a Balor Rollins rematch and, and priest now inserts himself in that in SummerSlam. Um, and again, there, there was friction on raw leading up to, to that between For priest sure. and, and Balor. And I think part of it's because priest after backlash is so over himself within the judgment day. And it's kind of just like, you know, after his match with bad bunny at backlash, you know, you kind of look and you say, okay, Damian priest is, is the dude right now. Yeah. Like, he is he is that guy, and again, he was when Seth won the title at Night of Champions. You know, I think Priest was his first challenger yeah, when he did the open challenge, yeah. right? So again, he lost, he, and then he shook his hand afterwards, which is not really a bad guy thing to do. Which seems like no. you know, they're leaning that way, where he's going to be a good guy in, in the near future at some point. Once he, I think, separates himself from these guys. And I think it's coming either yeah. you know, SummerSlam or, or soon. You're, you're going to see him cash in that briefcase, ruin Finn's opportunity, and then kind of, you know, you might see a judgment day turn. But again, that's why I, we, we talked about it again. The story lends itself to it because if LA Knight were to win the briefcase, you would just get weeks on end of countless amazing promos with him with that briefcase, which it would be must see TV when he would walk out with that briefcase. But you. I didn't know where that story would go. Like, there's no shot he would cash in on on Roman. So then you're kind of giving him that. Okay, well maybe he cashes in on on Theory eventually. Yeah, it's like I think they can and just put him into a anyway. uh, program of some sort. Yeah, I think LA Knights. I think they're getting there anyway. I think with Theory, I think you might see a, a predict not a predict, but maybe you might see a LA Knight promo where he was talking about money in the bank and being close. And then you get heel theory come out basically saying he was money in the bank last year. He won the thing. He has us title. And then you could start a, a promo there. If that's the way you want it to go, I'd also be very intrigued. There were a lot of spots in this match with Logan Paul and LA Knight. Yeah. That's summer. That's the thought too. I mean, to do that, just do those two at SummerSlam, give him a yep. high profile win, I guess. Right. Yep. Because, SummerSlam's the next. It's a big one too, and if you get LA Knight and Logan Paul, again, you get because the turnaround for SummerSlam's the beginning of August. So you're looking at a couple weeks. You'll get a couple weeks of just promos and and promos with LA Knight. Then you can always bring back Logan Paul whenever you want, which is great. And I, that match, looking at it from a outsider point of view, a one on one would totally bang. 
that would be a, I think, a, a very good, very physical match. So I think it is a way to go. And again, it, it gives him a signature win. He's already over, but that gets him, you know, close to over the top. Yeah, I, I just I think that that's the move. I think I, I think they I honestly don't know what they're gonna do with Logan Paul. Uh, they're gonna obviously gonna do something for him at SummerSlam. I, I just I I think LA Knight is the logical move. I really thought that the the negative part of me thought they were gonna do Logan Paul with the with the briefcase because of the the, bra- yeah. the branding element of it and him bringing it all over the place and like oh what is that and then all thought this, about it yeah. And I mean, we we originally—that's what we originally said—was Damian Priest. It seems there's much more that you can do with that, and the whole ju- it makes the Judgment Day angle even more intriguing oh and exciting. And I think Money in the Bank on SmackDown, like you said, is kind of just a waste. Uh, it really—it just—it'll just, it'll just yeah. rot there because you know Roman. I mean, Roman still has not defended his title since WrestleMania, so it's just that's just the way there it is now. He's it's not as. Uh, readily yeah. available as uh, maybe that that world heavyweight championship is now so. and again you get that briefcase with seth with the title you know, you're gonna probably get every any given monday uh cash an opportunity any given live event if he doesn't cash it in soon you know there's a storyline there and there's also ex- building up excitement there because again raw's the three-hour show not that yeah. it's got fit drop it you kind of know everything that happens on raw and it's repeatable now all of a sudden with the judgment day angle you're like okay where's where's this going what's going to happen on any given monday i will say this though with the money in the bank match shout out to uh santos escobar he was phenomenal i saw more out of him than i think i've seen on any of his other matches or anything else with the lwo i thought he was put into some great spots there uh i kind of knew he wasn't going to win between him Butch, you know, and Nakamura and Ricochet, you kind of knew, like, okay, listen, guys, like, thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out. Like, let's, you know, do as great as it was. And I'll tell you, between Escobar and Ricochet, I thought those two really, you know, had some really good spots where you were like, oh, my God, this is insane. Yeah, it it was an awesome match. And and, and 100% no complaints from me. I I really... (laughs) One of those things, like maybe if they would have gave it to Logan Paul, I'd have some complaints. But right, Damian Priest, it's just it's as good as it was going to get next to LA Knight. But uh, how about Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez? They take the titles <laughs> off of Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Uh, Shayna Baszler turns on Ronda Rousey. Uh, this was a match I really, uh, if I'm being honest, did not care too much uh, about. But this is my least favorite part of the probably yeah. my least favorite part of the. Maybe I had just issues with the whole general storyline piece of it because you have Liv and Raquel back after what maybe um, a month month and a half or so yeah give or take they've been out and you put the the titles on Ronda and Shayna and they just you would assume start running through everybody just to switch titles back to Raquel and Liv with the with the turn coming from Shayna it would just kind of felt awkward because when you're talking Ronda Rousey when you're talking Shayna Baszler it's like you know, they could just run through everybody, right? And then so you kind of—it just didn't make sense either. Like, I, yeah, no, I I didn't get it. I again, that, that was one of one of the things where you would expect Ronda and Shayna—they just got the titles. This felt like it should have been instead of Ronda and Shayna, somebody else to have like an interim title yeah. while Liv was out. Yep. Like anybody else have those titles? Liv comes back, they get the titles back on them, and then you know. Ron and Shane to come back at SummerSlam and have a long 
run where they're basically tearing down every woman in the in the in the WWE and any team that wants to step up to them. But um, the Shayna turn is interesting, but that would have been even more interesting in a lead up into like a, a WrestleMania. Like that is a Ronda Rousey needs an opponent for WrestleMania. That's not going to include a belt for her. Give her somebody like basically. Yeah. I guess they're going to do this at SummerSlam. It seems that's just going to be the, the, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so much like, t- like talent on the roster that like some of these people are getting knocked off of these premium live events. Like the, I mean, Asuka didn't even get to could be on this because yeah. they just knocked her down the SmackDown because there was too much going on on this card that they really didn't want to just yeah, overload. Asuka, it. Charlotte, and and Bianca again. Yeah. We're all I mean, Austin Theory's there. like nowhere to be found on on a given. Uh, I don't even know. It being two hours really hurts him on SmackDown truly because if there yeah, was three, they'd have a spot for him somewhere, I'd imagine. And the SmackDown roster is so loaded from yeah. top to bottom. Like you can't give him any of the major, major, major names nope. to feud with. So now all of a sudden, you know, he's running feuds again, like Sheamus, Rich Holland, you know, Escobar, something else. Like you're giving him those matches, which is great. But then again, like, you know, he's not able to shine with or compete with like a Roman, a Jimmy, a Jay, a Solo, uh, you know, AJ Styles is on SmackDown. Uh, so it's like an interesting, very weird landscape where like raw's not top heavy enough so then yeah. you kind of get the same stuff and then smackdown is so top heavy it's like okay you got guys like theory i haven't edge hasn't been on tv in forever he's coming back next week like you just get these guys that you're looking at and it's just like i would love to see him shine but it's almost like well who's it going to be against yeah and you how many times can you do awesome theory versus you know bobby lashley <laughs> Yeah, well, we can get more of uh, Indushare on uh, yeah. Uh, on yeah. I'm just Raw. Raw's horrible on a, on a week in a week out basis. It seems, but uh, yeah. Listen, th- this really didn't do much for me. They have the titles again. Live in uh, Raquel. It seemed like I said this this whole Ra- Rousey and Baszler thing was just kind of a waste of time. But I guess I'll kind of leave myself open to see what they're going to do next. But uh, how about Gunther? Getting oh it, my! Getting the best done. wrestler in the world. The <laughs> best wrestler in the total world. total throwback, dude. I love this guy. I, I love the intro. Him taking the jacket off the twirl. Everything oh about him. The whole gimmick right now is incredible. But he dominates Matt Riddle. Uh, I'm not a Matt Riddle guy. Let me just go out and say that. I just I'm not. I think he's in. A, he's another guy, kind of like Theory, that's in like an awkward spot to where you know he kind of gets the same stuff because he. You know, doesn't have an opportunity. He's not a top top guy, so he doesn't have an opportunity to to shine like that. I think he was great in RK Bro. He was great when Randy first went out and he was holding it down while Randy was gone. And then even with that feud with Rollins, I thought was really good. And then he kind of took his hiatus. And then when he came back, he obviously you know hasn't been. There's just too many guys. And again, you're gonna throw him up against some of these guys, and it's like, well. What do you expect to happen? So that's my my thing with Riddle. Yeah, R- I, he really is just a guy who, like, I mean, he's okay in the ring, he's just and everything, a guy. but he's, he's just a guy. guy. Yeah, like, he's a guy. Yeah, does, he's, doesn't do much for me at all. I don't need him to win a tight, like, any belt, and that's where he's at. He's in a, a belt conversation more often than not, and you kind of look at him and you go, I don't need you in the belt conversation. You know, you're a, a good, funny promo every so often. And you do some very cool, 
you know, former UFCs type stuff, which is very cool. But outside of that, you know, I, I, there's no appeal there for me. But again, Gunther, you can put me in a match with Gunther and it'll be five stars because he's just, he is that good. Yeah. Like he will make anybody look that good. I was actually talking to my, my brother about it. So I asked, I'll ask you this. How many of those chops do you think you could take from no, Gunther? Maybe one to two, maybe. I mean, the first one's going to ruin me, and then I'm going to go not even have time to react for the second one. And then that's going to be I said, as soon as he starts pulling the hand back, I'm just ducking. Yeah. I'm like, out of there, dude. And then he started doing the chops on the foot, on the ankle. I'd be like, dude, I'm done with Riddle. I love the little takedown that he does, like the pick up the leg and kick the other leg out from. Like, he just does, and the, the dropping the knees on the ankle. Like, he. He was awesome, but then uh, Drew McIntyre comes back. Oh my god! In front of, in front Any, of his home people, man. Dude, anytime you get Drew McIntyre with any sort of people, which it was actually surprising to me because you knew he was coming back and you knew he was kind of going to be a man of the people. I was kind of feel more of a potential, not heel turn per se for Drew, but you know he was giving it to the people, giving the people what they want, and anytime he, you know. Brings out his signature, the crowd goes in nuts. Dude, uh, that Claymore, that Claymore kick, dude, the crowd just goes wild. And then I he kicks up, man. I was like, dude, this is. It, it, he was. He looked so like an animal on, on I Saturday. I saw him on SmackDown. I went to a SmackDown taping about a year and a half ago. It was down in Charlotte, um, and that was when Drew was like immensely popular and, and over, and you know, top guy on SmackDown behind. Roman, and he came out and did a dark match with with Roman. But I've never seen a man of that size outside of Brock Lesnar move like that quick and that agile. And again, he just did that again, that flying like jump up from his back. Yeah, and you just look at this man. It's like this man shouldn't be able to move that way. Both him and, and Gunther, to be honest, like the two of them together, like you just look at them and say, okay, these two shouldn't be able to put on a five star match like this where they're, you know moving like this and, and being that, you know, freak of nature, like shredded those guys, that guy's oh absolute God. unit, man. And he just, like yeah. you said, he moves around the way he moves around. It's just, uh, it is a, spectacle. it's incredible. I feel, I always feel for Drew, not feel Drew. He carried WWE in part during co early COVID, you know, Thunderdome era. Drew was, you know, incredible. he, did he had a good reign during that during that time? I guess he again he won the title during the WrestleMania at uh, the Performance Center mm -hmm. where there was nobody there. So again, you know he's one of those dudes that you would love to see get elevated. Um, I personally think that this is gonna he's gonna take that title off of off of Gunther. I think um, it's time. Yeah, I, I think because I think again you need Gunther to stop being intercontinental champion on raw and start contending for heavyweight championship on raw. And again, being one of those top tier guys without that intercontinental, like he did his job. He elevated that title to a point where you're going to put it on drew and it's going to still be a very relevant, very cool title. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's time to say, okay, you know what? We got to kick you off to do other stuff. But again, man, like this match at SummerSlam is going to be incredible. Just, uh, I always come back to that meme of, of Big E when you talk about the, the big dudes bumping meats when you talk <laughs> about matches. And that's basically what Drew and Gunther is going to be. It's just going to be a bunch of 
shredded dudes just going at it. It's going to be all – I am excited for that. Uh, but I, 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 it, you, there is something to be said about when those guys, like a guy like Gunther, just – he kind of hits a certain wall of some sort with, with like an Intercontinental title, and it's time for you to ascend to that next level of the you know WWE <laughs> pyramid scheme, I yeah. guess, is the best way to put it. But like he's done as much as he can with that Intercontinental title. He could keep – Sitting here and defending it against guys like this, but he needs to be elevated in, you know, main event level matches against maybe a Seth Rollins or something like that, you know? Yeah, and again, I thought they were actually going to do it at WrestleMania. I thought it was the perfect opportunity because he he wouldn't have taken a pin there because it was him, Drew, and Sheamus. So you could have had Sheamus and Drew trade a pin and then change hands with the title. Don't they not get get pinned and just lose the title and be like, all right, whatever. On to bigger and better things like Seamus or Drew, you have this. Um, I think it was because of some sort of longevity. They want to kind of rewrite some records with regards yeah, to. Yeah, he just set the record, right? Yeah, it uh, was again Honky Tonk Man, I think, or whichever the Intercontinental record was. So you, you respect that, but then you also say, okay, now it's, it's, it's time because uh, heavyweight champion Gunther's coming. Like that's got to be a thing within the next, I'm going to say, by WrestleMania 40. He's either going to be defending that title successfully at WrestleMania, or not successfully, but defending that title at WrestleMania 40, or contending for it after potentially winning the Royal Rumble at WrestleMania 40. Yeah. Like, he's it. You got to get everybody ready to get him into that sphere. So you got to give him some, um, you know, potential draws, potential really big draws, potential big pay per views with big names. Drew's a great start. And then again, you throw him into that heavyweight championship thing. I think if he doesn't have it by the time you get to the Royal Rumble, he's easily the favorite to win the Royal Rumble and get that title uh, come next year in Philly. In Philly, baby. Uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes dominated your boy Dom Dom. Oh, Dom Saturday. my boy. Yeah, Dom. Dom's my boy. What do you have to say as the leader of the fan club? Uh, it, was, I am, it was a tough one. I am the leader of the Dom Mysterio, Rhea Ripley fan club more so Rhea Ripley because she's my girl but uh Dom Mysterio I <laughs> incredible heat from Dom anytime Dom walks anywhere uh you know him on Raw again when they don't let him talk at all incredible. on Raw it's it's a great thing for a promo but then you realize when he gets into these these matches I would like to see more of Dom actually of a wrestler because he's not I'll say this, I don't think he's as bad as some of these matches lend themselves to right like he just looked way overpowered by Cody which you know Cody's Cody but again I there were spots in there where Dom showed a little bit but yeah he just got dominated started to finish I was surprised this match though no uh no interference. No, no, yeah, no nothing. That's I. I really was surprised by that as well. I didn't. I. It kind of doesn't make sense to me at that now. That it's just kind of like a. It seems like a one-off, right? They're not going to run this back at SummerSlam or like. Is he going to continue to beef with the Judgment Day? Like I. I don't. I guess it's just kind of just a filler because he wanted to wrestle. I think or Brock's whatever. back tomorrow. Brock's back. Has Monday to be. Brawl. I think Lesnar shows up. Um. Proud. I'm going to assume Cody's shooting a promo. Monday talking about again he took care of business took care of Dom on the judgment day like whatever he's over that 
his sights are still set on Brock Lesnar after what happened at Night of Champions. And then Brock shows up, um, does some Brock stuff where he probably just Beats F5s. Shit out of him, yeah. That's why I expected, like, I thought there was a chance that Cody Dom, not to say that it closed the show, because the closing of the show was incredible, but, like, was towards the ending, and you would get, like, that Brock Lesnar pop where he comes out, you know, F5s Cody once or twice, throws Dom on top of Cody, and then Dom gets the win. Yeah. But... You know, giving Cody a win, I think, was probably the the best choice there. Because, again, he's, since WrestleMania, he's kind of been, you know, all in with Brock. But it's good to see him get around to remind you, like, okay, he's still probably the top guy on Raw outside of, you know, Seth. So get him that win against Dom. Um, I need to see what's next for, I mean, this is off top, not off topic with the Dom thing, but what is Rhea Ripley doing? No, uh, I, I like, you know, she I, has I no, no competition, nothing. And like it, it does think because again, a pay-per-view this or live in this big and you get nothing from either women's champion is weird. But again, the raw women's division is just not deep. Um, and again, you get Rhea's, Rhea's great on the mic. She's great with Dom. She's great with judgment day. Like, she doesn't need to have matches to be incredible. She's on that, like, almost Roman Reigns tier of, like, whenever she's on television, she's, you know, good enough all around. But, again, you kind of want her to start dominating again. And I, I don't know how many times I could see her just walk out with Dom and watch Dom do do his thing. Uh, yeah, and I guess she's going to do – they're going to do her and Natalia tomorrow night. Again, which, yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand it. The only thing I could think of is, like – Maybe Beth Phoenix yeah. comes back? I heard that. I think that would be great. You need, like, a filler for for her, though, until, like, one of these uh, women from the Money in the Bank match are ready to, like, shift their attention from the feuds they're in now to her. Because right now, all the women on Raw are in, I will say, very good feuds, yeah. except for her. It's, I think that's the only one. It's literally just... It's yeah. I mean, Bailey. All the, a lot of these girls are on SmackDown. It's Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, and Zoe Stark and Zelina Vega. Like, yeah. Like, there's really no one that can really. I mean, Zelina, her and Zelina Vega had a great match at uh, was that Backlash. But other than that, it's really it's been you know slim pickings for Rhea Ripley. She's kind of all like you said in a stratosphere on a level on her own, and she's just kind of getting involved in all this other stuff, not really being able to dominate her own uh, weight class and whatnot. But yeah. How about John Cena? Oh my God! Make it. I loved loved John Cena. That music that hit. I, it caught me off guard a thousand percent. I was not ready for that whatsoever, man. That was. I wasn't fully ready for it. I, you know, I think I saw a report that he was in London, but there was no way I was going to sit there and go, "Yeah, he's going to show up. It's going to be incredible." No, the music hit. He cut a promo. It was kind of just him talking shit about how great London is and it should. <clears throat> excuse me, be, you know, they should have WrestleMania there, and then Grayson Waller comes out, and he starts talking shit to him, and uh, it was kind of just like a, a little bit of a filler, but it was just cool to see Cena out there, hear the music, hear the trumpets, it was a, it was a nice little moment. Yeah, and again, anytime that music hits, you just get hyped. Hell yeah. The only thing I'll say about the Cena and Grayson Waller, you know, segment, 
is that is literally everything I wanted from the Cena Austin Theory segments we got around WrestleMania. Like Grayson Waller just did that ten times better. He was phenomenal. Yep. There with the mic, a little bit of heel energy over there. But again, that was like the type of energy you expected from Theory when he got put in with Cena. So it's exciting to see, you know, Grayson Waller going forward and he'll have Edge on his show, I think, on Friday, which will be extremely entertaining. Always good to see Edge back in the fold, dude. Uh, I, I know it's coming to an end soon. It, the rumors are out there and everything, so I don't want to. I don't want to think like that, but it's. Uh, I think I text you that like all the time. Every yeah. time I see something, I'm just like, I ain't ready for Edge to call it because he puts. He still puts on, you know, banger matches, and I know he's getting up there in age, but he's kind of the last of them that you have. So yep. it's uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to him. Uh, like I said, being back in the fold, but uh, oh EO God. Sky, EO Sky is the new money, Mrs. Money in the Bank. Mrs. Money in the Bank. Uh, she defeats Bailey, Becky Lynch, thank you Trish Stratus, Zelina oh Vega, God. and Zoe Stark. Man, so uh, dude, this is a sure. really good match. I loved it. I thought the the women going into the match, all of which phenomenal. I love Trish Stratus. I can't say thank you, Trish, enough. Of course. Um, <laughs> let me tell you but uh again i thought the the storylines involving this match from all six of, of the women were pretty fleshed out to a point where you kind of knew where it could have been going and then you got the build-up for everything else so yeah. like you know now you have the you, you knew the animosity between eo and bailey was was building and you got that you knew uh, Becky and Trish were going to be put into a nice spot there. You had that, so I think you know this kind of had everything. It was a it was a great match all around. Um, I think it was probably the the right winner. I think we when we talked back at the the men's Money in the Bank, we said there was a winner that we had hoped would win, but another one that made sense. Io Sky, I think, was both. Whereas you kind of thought, okay, she needs this push. The storyline's there for this push, and also, like, you know, it made the most sense with her, with, with damage control, and with, with Bailey, and kind of, you know, their future potentially falling out. I think you're gearing up for a Bailey-EO, potentially SummerSlam match, which I think would be a, a great match, as well as uh, Trish and Becky again at SummerSlam, which I can't get enough of. Of course, and anytime you introduce a uh, you know a briefcase, a championship belt to a faction of some sort like that, it, it's just a nice little flame to a you know a gas can to just get any sort of problem going on. And you're going to see that between Bailey's going to be jealous. She's you know Eos guy's probably going to be face. Bailey will be you know do some disgusting rotten stuff to her. Uh, I I would say I I'd like to say uh, I did like the finish here with the handcuffing Becky and uh, Bailey together and then her climbing over them. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I thought that was a, a good spot because again, you know, with EO and, and Bailey, you were you kind of had the hints of that. I think dating back to even Backlash when I I'm pretty sure they either had a match around Backlash, but you know you were getting hints of okay, this is kind of future going to be falling apart. It's going to make for great television because Bailey could cut a promo about basically anything. I think she's one of the better, you know, women heels in the business, even heels in general that they had there with, with Bailey with the mic in her hand. So I think you're going to see some good promos of, you know, Bailey 
again, leading up to SummerSlam, if they do make this match, Bailey basically saying, I made you, you know, Sky, like, you know, oh, yeah. last year at SummerSlam, because they, she, they, not debuted, but she came back last year at SummerSlam, Bailey, with Dakota Kai and Io. So I think that could be a nice callback leading into this year's SummerSlam as well, um, which, I, again, would be great. I was actually very impressed with the way Trish, for being around as much as she has. First of all, that was her first match with ladders she's ever had in, in WWE, which is wild Yeah, to think about. But, you know, just having her in this, but she isn't, well, she's technically full-time, but she hasn't been full-time in a while. Going back now, doing a match like this, major props. Got her nose busted up. You saw oh, my God. I mean, she looked like she, I don't know where that happened. I, I missed that, but I just remember yeah. showing her, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, she got, it looks like she got punched in her fucking face, man. Like, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, overall, great match. I was ther- I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, I think it, it right, like you said, right winner made sense. Everything involving it just was I, I think perfect. Yeah. So, and I think you set Zoe Stark up a bit being this alpha of the the women's group, um, and again with Trish being with her and kind of grooming her, quote unquote. But she could be a, a person that. You could eventually contend with the Rhea Ripley's and those sure. dominant females that you have because again, she is she was great in NXT during her her runs there. I think you know being called up here, I think she's doing a, a really good job pairing her with Trish. I think was was smart, so she's not kind of on her own island. And I think it's it's gonna I think lend itself to a very good, uh, pretty promising future for her. Um, and Zelina Vega, you know, you put her in any match, I think she kind of could shine doing her own thing. Um, and again, kind of like Sanders, that's where our fellow LWO members, like they both put on really good statement matches, like showing that okay, we belong in these matches going forward. And I think, you know, big things add for her as well. Yeah. I liked, uh, I, I really like the idea, like you said, of having Zoe Stark with someone until she gets comfortable with the mic. I, I don't think she's, it doesn't seem like she's a hundred percent comfortable with that microphone in her hand yet, she's not awful, but you can just tell it's just—it's it, all new to her still. Uh, being yeah. at the, on the big show, it, it's a completely different element than do, you know doing your thing on NXT and everything. So, uh, yeah. to to have someone talk for her, help her through this, and she's great in the ring. I mean, that power bomb that Zelina Vega hit, uh, flipping over and then dropping her onto the ladder—that was you know, it, yeah. there were some good spots in this one. Eos guy doing the moonsault off the top of the ladder, which he really didn't need to, but she said, "Fuck it, I'm jumping off this thing." So, yeah, there was and a her signature is always stark. That was that the Z three sixty, I think, where it's Sick. like the kind of the flip. If you can get somebody and you get someone like Rhea Ripley, you get someone you know that could sell that as well as it should be sold. You know, you're talking like looking very devastated. One of those moves that when it when it hits, it's going to hit hard, and I think it's a, you know, again, she'll she'll get to that point. But yeah, having her with with Trish, and I mean, they threw her right into the deep end. Yeah, I mean, you had her with Trish, which obviously gave her, but the first time she showed up was you know interfering in a match and helping with with Becky Lynch, who is you know obviously the man, but top top dog name right there. Just like, hey, go in there and you're getting thrown into this thing. Yeah, they they obviously love her, and I, I think they have every reason to. She's got all the the possible traits of a future, you know, superstar. I guess you could say it's you know, I guess they're all mm-hmm. superstars technically, but you know, it's not not actually. This makes me looking at the the women's division, looking at this Money in the Bank match. 
leads me to again have the the belief or the the thinking that you need another mid tier or you need a mid tier belt in general in the women's division because right now it's just the two the two main belts and the tag belts like you need a intercontinental United yep. States like you need something where you could put it on a Zelina Vega you can put it on a Zoe Stark you know you can put it on somebody that's not Becky Lynch or Bailey or Bianca and make it relevant as well as make them have meaningful, awesome matches, you know, night in and night out. Cause right now it's kind of like, okay, you got the, the top tier fighting for the belts and then you have everything else, which is, I think you have a, a pretty deep women's division at some point in time, you know, depending on who's matching up with who that I think you need them to shine. Like, um, I saw a tweet the other day, maybe today that when they said it was going to be Rhea versus Natalia again on raw, like you have a lot of of women out there, like the Zelina Vegas, uh, Mia Yim, Mi Chin, uh, Sony Deville, Chelsea Green. Like you have a deep, deep stack of women that they would benefit from a intercontinental, a United States Championship, where you can get these kind of interactions in these matches to still stay uber relevant within the the women's division. Couldn't agree. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Seth freaking Rollins. Oh my God. That's your boy. Yeah, that you is are my boy. the you are the Seth Rollins uh, fan. You said you took a couple years off. Some things don't change, and you you come back to WWE, and Seth Rollins is still just doing his thing. Doing man. his thing, dude. He's uh, the ultimate. Uh, hand the torch off, and he runs with it. Uh, although I don't look, really love his character in in, in a sense. I just love like I just think he's like the perfect like WWE in ring performer. He is exciting. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a song behind him. Uh, and he just got he has a, has a good move package, I guess. It's like it, it, he's just kind of that new wave kind of guy that I I guess I just gravitated towards. And uh, I didn't like this match though. I will say that I thought this was kind of just. Uh, it seemed like it got caught in between these two, you know, the big women's uh, money yeah. in the bank and then the Usos thing. It just kind of was like uh, it seemed like they were like running over on time and they just had to get it over with. It, it just it seemed a little it quick. Of, yeah, it felt like that. It also kind of felt like. You know, once Priest won that briefcase, you were just waiting for something else. Like you did not yep. care about just Seth versus Finn. You were like, okay, Priest has the has the briefcase. Some something's going down. Something's happening, which um, adds to the overall storyline. But in uh, in the vacuum, it is kind of a shame because anytime you get Finn and, and Seth to you know get in the ring with one another, they're going to put on a banger. It's going to be a, a dub of a match. Uh, but then again. Like you said before, you were kind of just you kind of knew Priest was going to do something, or yeah. Priest. You had that feeling like, okay, he won it tonight. His boys in the 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 title match. Okay, you know something's going to go down, and I think you know that's exactly where your brain went to. Um, but I love the Seth, the whole package right now. His character is kind of. Not an oddity per se. It's it seems like it's some sort of like overblown version of him of himself of the way he might actually be in in real life, just kind of like outlandish personality. But when I was at Raw over down in January, when he came out, dude, crowd goes nuts. They yeah. just, he has him in the palms. He could say just about anything and do just about anything, and you know you're getting an almost immaculate kind of uh vibe from him and an immaculate segment and i think you know even again like you said this match wasn't great 
it was still a match that you looked at and said, okay, yeah, this was still very good because you had Finn and Seth. Yeah, no, like I, it just kind—I of, guess it, what you like you said was kind of ruined by the Damian winning the belt, winning the, uh, the the briefcase. So you're just—I was just kind of sitting there waiting. I'm watching it, and it's—I don't know. Like I guess they had already done so much of the like this stuff kind of in the build up to it, like the whole him jumping off of him, and you know, like hitting the coup de gras on him like seventy times, <laughs> and it was just—I don't know. It, it just—it kind of seemed played out, and I just felt like I need. I don't know. I need Seth in something bigger than this. I don't think the Judgment Day needs to be involved with Seth Rollins. I, I guess that's I, – I get the whole, you know, the callback to him losing the title and the, you know, inception of the universal title and everything, but – That gets crazy to me, too. Is like that's not – that's not Judgment Day Finn as much as that's just Finn. Yeah. And like you said, like you don't need Judgment Day to have that. Like, But if, if Finn himself – like you kind of lost yourself over the last – or at least I did probably the last two weeks leading up to this because it wasn't as much Finn and Judgment Day on Raw, and it wasn't Finn and Judgment Day attacking Seth. It was Finn came out and attacked Seth himself with the coup de grace on the stairs. Then Seth went to NXT to defend the title of Braun Breaker. Finn showed up again. Yeah, you know Finn had his match with Carmelo Hayes. So like you kind of and Finn had that promo um, on Monday night that. Uh, just the video running, kind of talking through and saying like, okay, hey, you know, they showed the clips back to when he was the universal champion and getting injured and all that. Like that's just Finn is not Finn plus judgment day. So again, you kind of got that feel of like, okay, this is a great Finn versus Seth match. And then your brain just went back to, this is a Finn and judgment day now versus Seth match. Cause Damien all of a sudden can insert himself whenever he wants. Yeah, I guess it was just too, so many moving parts kind of got convoluted in the whole mm-hmm. uh, what could have been with Seth Rollins. But uh, do you? What do you think they do with Seth for SummerSlam? I think you run it back with Finn. I think you probably get potentially Demon Finn at SummerSlam. You know, he goes Demon Persona, and I I think Priest cashes in. I think you you get. A Damian Priest, I think you get either an early cash in or a mid match cash in to where Priest cashes that bad boy in at SummerSlam and you get Priest pins Finn for, and he wins the title. Yeah, like something where like Finn's about to win and then his music hits or something like that. He yeah. comes out and he screws him over of, of winning the title. And yeah. It has to yep. be something where they won the separation of the Judgment Day. Uh, not completely, but uh, I think someone of that group has to leave. And I, I imagine yep. it would probably be Damien because it seems like they're trying to turn him into a good guy. And I don't think Rhea or Dom are going to be good guys anytime soon. So it yeah, seems I don't like think so. keep boy. those guys together. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that could be – again, I think it would, the stage would be set for some – I think at SummerSlam you get uh, Finn. I think Finn's going to come out and say something along the lot. You're going to get some tension between Finn and Priest lead up on Raw. I think you're going to get something along the lines of Seth kind of feeling like he didn't get Finn's best or, you know, priest interjecting we'll himself. Excuse kind of like, Oh, I, you know, I was distracted. And that. Bullshit. I think you could get something along the lines of, I think this would be a pretty interesting thing of Seth kind of provoking it and saying, I could take on the entire judgment day at SummerSlam. You got the briefcase. You come out too. I'll take on Finn again. 
and beat him again at SummerSlam, and I'll take on Priest too. Like, basically have it. I think Seth mentioned this. He said he'll take on the entire Judgment Day, but basically, you know, Seth versus almost the Judgment Day where Priest kind of interjects himself, and then you get kind of a Priest pinning Finn to get that title. I think, I mean, not that Seth needs to lose this title, because I don't think he actually needs to quote-unquote lose it, but I think, like, Seth can't take a pin anytime soon. Like, I just, I don't see it happening. So, again, now you're stuck, and you're like, okay, if the title doesn't change this way, this one particular, which, from a storyline perspective, would be great, then you're going to get that title on Seth for a while until, I guess, you know, if Gunther pin Seth and I guess you're fine but like there's nobody on the roster that could say yes this man should beat Seth Rollins on a three count like Seth should eat that pin for him like there's nobody there so I think you know from a storyline perspective I think that would probably potentially make the most sense do a three-way or maybe even like a four-way with your boy Dom in there somehow and just yeah like like, some, where, yeah. like you said like where the odds are stacked against them sort of and even if you like don't want to take the belt off him have him win it's, in like a cheap way where they turn on each other and yeah he just kind of you know pins Dom and wins and, and yeah you know. it's funny you mentioned that I thought that's what they could have been leading up to I literally thought so this is going back to the Dom Cody match I thought Brock shows up F5s Cody to oblivion yep Dom beats him, so I'm like, just Brock just throws Dom on top of his body and gets the three count, technically beats Cody. Um, and then you get some fire promos with Rhea and Dom with Seth basically demanding a title match at SummerSlam because he was able to do what Seth wasn't able to do, which yeah, was beat Cody. Cody Rhodes. Like, yeah. hey, I, I, I pinned Cody Rhodes. You did not. Uh, you know, give me this title match. And then again, Priest turning on Dom is a little more uh, – you know, easier to digest than again when Priest turns on eventually if he does turn on Finn, um, you know how that is. I think you may be, you may potentially even get a uh, heel turn or not heel turn, but a turn against Priest earlier than that because there have been talks about um, JD McDonough joining yeah. Judgment Day again. They had a nice face to face. I think there's a picture floating somewhere around on. Uh, on Twitter of Priest and Finn kind of eye-to-eye, face-to-face when Priest just walked out there with the briefcase. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they do a a bit Judgment Day where Finn basically says, you know what, Priest, congrats on the money bank, and then they kind of turn on him yeah, there. Yeah, beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And you keep, you keep Priest strong for a while, for at least until SummerSlam, until where, whenever, because, you know, he can have a match with McDonough, put McDonough over a bit, but again, you, you know where that one's going to go. And then when Priest interjects himself into this match, it's not all happening at once. I mean, I think you go either way. I think with Priest with the briefcase, and this is what we talked about earlier, like the story lends itself to this, where you have so many avenues to go with this, but you kind of have that feeling of like, it's it's got to be coming soon. Uh, I'd imagine. And it, yeah, I just don't think they're going to hold on to, the, to this. For all no. that long. It just seems like it's kind of a strike while the iron's hot situation. Yeah. I just don't know. Do, do you think it, when Damien cashes in that he wins for sure? Um, or is he going to try to do like the honorable thing and like try to like not cash in on like a, when a guy's down and then he like loses it like cleanly? I don't know. Like 
I, I just don't know if they trust Damian Priest to be like the guy who has the belt and carries the yeah. torch, you know? I wouldn't be shocked if he loses, but I do think if he has the if he gets the belt, or even if Finn gets the belt, but if, if Damian Priest has the belt, I think it's it's an easier transition to the next guy who has the belt. Because like, I'm thinking yeah, okay. months down the line, like I'm thinking months down when you get the Survivor Series or when you get to Royal Rumble or you're going to get the Mania, like if Seth still has the title at Survivor Series, like I don't see him eating a pin there. So like I think once if if you change it now and you let Priest get it, you know, it's I think it could be easier to say, okay, let's have Priest have a, a nice title reign for I don't know, two premium live events, do like is it payback and and where I think Fastlane is in the fall before Survivor Series, like you know, do that, and then you kind of can slide right into guns. Like, Priest isn't going to be a guy, I don't think, that demands this long, lengthy title reign. I think it's more or less like um, dating back to like 2017, 2018, 2019 WWE when like you had some some title changes when you had like, you know, Bobby Lashley had a title range that wasn't overly long. Yeah. Um, you know, Kofi Kingston had Kofi mania and that wasn't overly long. Like Biggie had a title reign that wasn't like over the, but you know, it was good. They got the title. Like they were very over fans, loved them, gave them the title, had a nice run. And then it's kind of like, all right, back to, back to business. That could be a, a thing with Damian priest with the money in the bank. But again, I wouldn't be shocked. Like you said, like it's not a hundred percent certainty that, if he cashes in, like we talked, yeah, we did talk about like if LA Knight had that briefcase, he would have to successfully cash in on something. Yeah. Like it wouldn't matter what, like you couldn't have him cash in. Even last year when theory kind of had the briefcase, you knew like he's not cash. Like this isn't going anywhere. Like there's no way he's cashing on Roman with priest. You get the, you get the feel that, okay, he could do it, but you wouldn't be shocked if he didn't. Nah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's just kind of he's in a – Damien's in a weird little position there. I, I am. I think it's, we're going to get a lot of our answers tomorrow or, or today. I think he's great though. I, I, think I think Damien Priest is phenomenal. I think even from early judgment day with like Edge and then when they – when Finn Balor came and kicked Edge out and became the new kind of quasi-leader of judgment day, I think Priest was phenomenal then. I think he kind of – caught on a whole new like kind of life of his own towards the Royal Rumble this year when he came in there when you had Gunther, you had Sheamus, and you had uh, Drew just kind of wailing on everybody, and then in comes Priest, and you forget that Priest is this behemoth of a man and just starts laying bodies. Um, and then towards the backlash, again, and post-backlash, like he put on a show, and he kind of... I don't want to say fully carried that, but he put on a show with, um, you know, all those boys at in Puerto Rico. So I think it's good for him to, to get this going. I think it's a good, um, you know, good sign. Now we get to the main event. Don, oh this, my God. This was a three oh, years in the making, man. This was, it had all the drama, all of the motion, everything you could possibly ask for in a wrestling match. And the in-ring stuff wasn't so bad either, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, the Usos. And Oops. Jimmy and Jay, man. Yeah, the, the, we the Oops. ones. 
Who will be the ones? Was it, it was cracking me up when the announcer like, who will be the ones? I was like, we the ones you choose. They defeat the bloodline, man. Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa. Roman Reigns takes his first pin since December of 2019. Is that is that the uh, correct uh, time? Yeah, it was funny. I again, we were. I was reading up on it. I was, I was looking at some stuff, but the last time Roman Reigns took a pin, you know, obviously pre-pinned. We went through an entire pandemic which is wild to think about. But, you know, the last Star Wars movie was actually out in theaters and people actually went to theaters to go see it. Rise of Skywalker, like, just debuted in theaters. And now it's a movie you can watch anytime on, like, straight FX or TNT. Like, it is wild to think about, like, how long it's actually been since he's taken a pin. But I was shocked he took the pin. Like, that, I thought that was crazy. My friend, uh, shout out to Nick Nelson. He he literally was saying, he's like, yo, for as long as me and my Nick girlfriend Nelson's have been man. together, he's like, Roman Reigns hasn't been pinned. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was like, this like, trying to like put that in like, like people, I guess, if you're not a WWE fan, you really don't understand it. Like it's just, that is such a long time in WWE standards. Like it, it doesn't happen like that anymore where they, a, a guy keeps a belt or he has some, like one of these streaks, they kind of, always get like antsy and they, they change things or they go in a different direction and a guy who had steam behind him, they just don't give him any, any more, you know, they don't, they, they don't have it behind him anymore. Roman has gotten the push of a lifetime here and he's just seemed unstoppable, uh, unbeatable on, you know, and he's the man, dude, he's the tribal chief for he, a reason. He meant, like, dude, he's the head of the table. Like you, you gotta, you know, but it, and again, it's been so long and it's not even like he's had other non title defense sort of matches to where like again he had the tag match um night of champions he had this one uh he has had matches where it's just like okay you know he could take a pin or he, he could take a pin nothing whatever like wouldn't lose the belts whatever like no he has not been remotely pinned. he wasn't even champion when he first came back so he had a little bit of you know runway room when he came because he was out with his leukemia yep. and, and everything else. So like when he came back, he had a little runway room where he didn't even get pinned then. And then all of a sudden he gets his belt and he has been going since then. It's kind of incredible just to think of, of that run that he was on now to an end. It is also funny that the first person to pin Roman Reigns in WWE 10 years ago, I think yeah. 10 years ago was Jey Uso. So it's a full circle when Jey Uso was, with you saying Roman just debuted, Jay pinned him, and I think that's full circle now for Jay. Him stacking them up and pinning them like we kind of talked about with them kicking out. <laughs> the stack, the smash, he started that when he it was the WrestleMania with uh, Edge and, and Daniel Bryan, you know, when he was still in WWE. It, it was the three of them, and he said, I'm going to smash you, I'm going to stack you, I'm going to pin you, and that's exactly what he did. And then he tried to call it again. I just find it hysterical. Like Roman, his in-ring is still great. His in-ring abilities are still great. His ability to do the facial expressions, do the crowd interaction, the do, some, do something like that where he's like, you know, I'm literally going to call a shot. I'm going to smash you and stack you and then go out there and, and, and do that is just insane. And again, they were, they were, the London crowd was giving it to him and he was giving it right back. And that's when Roman's at his best when he's giving to the crowd or like looking at the camera and speaking into the camera. 
and you're sitting at home and you're just like this dude's just on another level. I thought this match was perfect, man. They it it started off slow. It was really slow in the beginning, and they slowly just built it, built it, built it. Before mm-hmm. it seemed like with like ten minutes left, you just were like, I I don't know. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I had like, not they, a clue where it's going. Really, I, like after they I, kicked out of the stack, I was like, oh my god, they're gonna win. Like that, I was like, there's no way that they could. It seemed like they couldn't go another way after that. Yeah, I I thought that I was feeling that as well, but I also was like, okay, so Solo's gotta gotta eat it, right? Yeah. Like Solo's gotta be the guy to eat the pin. Then Solo just tried to do some wild stuff into a table and failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> the Samoan drop on the table. Yeah, and he just failed. I think Solo is, for what he is now, incredible. I think he's gonna just get so much better. You saw the... Uh, but the SmackDown on Friday right before where the crowd was chanting Solo. And I think Jimmy and Jay, one of them said, you know, Solo is about to be the next, whether it be Tribal Chief or Head of the Table or whatever. And then Roman laughed it off. But yeah. you know, Solo is that dude if he gets his, you know, moment to shine. He had a bunch of moments in this match where he was Samoan spiking. They did the Samoan spike into the spear. I think of Jay, like the simultaneous. Yep which is just hysterical to watch, but um, the whole thing. And again, this was leading up and this was a story with WWE, like just to, again, I don't know how many of your, of your listeners watch WWE or know this. Like this is a story that's been going on now for the better part of two and a half, close to three years. Like this was a three year thing with Jay when, you know, Roman was terrorizing Jay inside the Thunderdome um, during COVID, I think probably like April of 2021, maybe like he was just ruining Jay's life. (laughs) (laughs) And he had him in the, and like, you know, they did bullying him every week. (laughs) Oh my God. Every, and like they had the hell on a cell match. And then Jimmy came back. Then he bullied Jimmy. Like this has been two close to probably three years of just straight storytelling from, from this, the bloodline storyline. And again, I think we, we talk about it every Friday, and it's like we don't need him to go out there and and wrestle every. Like, we don't need Roman to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go out there and, and have a match every week. Like we literally just need a 10, 15 minute bloodline segment every week where they sit around and, and give us fire promos, and that's what they've been doing for these lead up. And I think that's 100 percent what they're gonna do in the lead up to SummerSlam. Again, it, it is just surprising to me that Roman took the pin because I think you're at a point now where like, you know, we mentioned Roman hasn't been pinned in that long of a period of time. It's, it behooves me to think that he's going to take two pins back to back. (laughs) Like, okay, you haven't been pinned in three years. So now you're telling me the next match you're going to get more than likely going to be a title defense. I, if a a betting man would probably bet, you know, Roman's not going to be getting that pin. And he made the Usos look like phenomenal, unbelievable. Yeah, like he was He's selling done. the shit out of the super kicks. He was, uh, he was, it was just awesome. It really was. It, it every just... every person he's gone up against on this title reign, which has been a phenomenal phenomenal reign, keep it going forever. But like he's elevated them so much. Like we talked about Riddle. Like we're not Riddle guys. We you know he does nothing for us. He had a couple matches where he was after RK bro and Randy was out for a bit 
like Riddle was challenging Roman. Riddle was you know, going up against that. Roman made him look way better than I think he ever looked. Um, and you, you could go down the list of names of people that have gone up against Roman during this this title reign, like you know, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, Riddle, uh, dating back to like Edge, dating back to you know the Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, dating back to hell even you know people who aren't in WWE and were like Daniel Bryan, and even he had that mini feud with like Cesaro in like early 2020 or 2021. Like these are all dudes now that are, you know, went up against Roman and Roman, I think just elevated them to a, another level. Just, he put them over to a, a degree that's incredible. Like it still gets me. They did the, the SummerSlam match, Roman Seth a while ago, or not SummerSlam. I'm sorry. Uh, Royal Rumble. Whereas Roman and Seth, and Seth comes out in the shield gear, yep. and the crowd is going nuts for Seth. And again, that in part is because the story lends itself to it, but also because you're going up against you know, with Roman, and I think Roman's just that kind of guy that you can put anybody against them. It's going to be a cinematic type of match where you're going to get weeks of promos, and I think it does help that he doesn't wrestle every week, right? You can build up these promos, you can build up these interactions into a match that is long awaited. Like, I think, you know, we talked about raw and we sometimes say, okay, we're getting kind of the same stuff on raw week in, week out. We're getting these matches and it's great when some of these guys are doing matches every single week. But when a guy like Roman, you can put the time into these heavy promos and then you get the payoff, which is the match. Like, that's great. Like these Jimmy and Jay versus Roman promos have been going on for weeks now like just weeks on end and you got the payoff during this match which was incredible they marinated this storyline better than they've i feel like they've done in years in, in as long as i can remember there hasn't been something where they slow cooked it like this and it came out absolutely perfect yeah, this, at has the been, end. this has been the best storyline wwe's cooked up in as long as i can remember at least like a decade Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's been, you know, forever. There's only been a small handful of even feuds in WWE that have gotten to this level, and I think most of them have included John Cena. Yep. So we're at the point where the most recent one that comes to mind is the Cena-AJ Styles feuds they had kind of 2016 through 2017. And, again, that was one of these things where they wrestled at – live events you didn't see cena out there all the time wrestling but they cut promos and they were the two you know biggest names in the wrestling world at that period in time so i think it was a no-brainer type of feud and you're getting the same thing here where again roman's the biggest name in wrestling and jay uso and the usos are you Main know event jay uso baby yeah they're close and that match at SummerSlam is going to be Oof. So you think it's, you think they're going to do Roman's going to defend this title at, at SummerSlam against Jay? Yeah, I think Jay calls him out more than likely. He says, "I pinned you, and now I want to pin you for the head of the table. I want to be the undisputed champ." This, this, this. Um, I think I'm not sure how it's going to go down because again, and that's one of the things too. Like this whole storyline has been so unpredictable, just because. You kind of have an idea of how you think it might go down. Then the opposite just 
have like you have not a clue. And I think that that's been one of the cooler parts of it. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't even know how this this whole thing's gonna gonna work itself out. But I think you definitely get Roman and Jay at SummerSlam. If it were me, and this is my just like dream scenario. I know I've talked about this with a couple of friends, like my, my one buddy Joe, real huge wrestling guy. I talk about my brother too. Like, give me a almost Roman Reigns just tearing through the entirety of the bloodline. Like, I think you you might get a, a, a point now where he, not that he blames Solo for the loss, but he's almost like, you know, hey, this doesn't happen when I'm on my own. I put yeah. my faith in the family. The family betrayed me type thing. Like, whatever. I don't need the family. I can do this on my own. Then he just runs through, you know, Jay once or twice, how many times he wants to get it. He wants to do Jimmy because, you know, no one cares much for Jimmy as a solo. And I, then he runs through do, solo. I really don't think they'd waste our time with doing Jimmy. I think everyone knows yeah, Jay's better. Yeah, jump right, right? solo. Yeah. I, I, and then you do like a solo thing into like Survivor Series and he just runs through his family. You kind of get this. He's an amazing heel right now. And I won't say it's going to be a face turn, but you get this face kind of feel to where like, we are rooting for Roman to just obliterate the rest of his family. <laughs> like, like, yeah, right now everyone wants Jay. Everyone's like, yeah, we Jay get the title, main event Jay, main event Jay. I think you get to a point where, like, Roman says, I don't need family. I'm on my own. Me and Heyman are just going to do our thing. Uh, you know, maybe Heyman leaves him. I don't know. But, again, you get this thing where, where Roman just is on a, a tear just taking down his, his family, then you're rooting for him to take down. Like you're just sitting there like, yes, a hundred percent, like give the bloodline, everything, just tear them all down. And then, you know, the, the... no, my bad. I, I was, I was going to say, I could see, uh, Heyman orchestrating like a turn, like orchestrating solo to turn on, uh, Roman so that he becomes like the new guy for solo so that solo, you know, cause Roman doesn't need Heyman to talk for him anymore. He may have needed that as a crutch in the beginning, but he can do whatever he wants by himself. Now. I don't know if they would go that route, but solo still needs somebody to talk for him. And yeah, Paul Heyman can still do anyone, that. Anyone you put with Heyman is great. I wouldn't mind it. <clears throat> Only reason being is cause I have wanted Heyman to kind of expand his stable past just Roman um, for a bit, like, you know, he was always just a one man guy. Yeah. Like it was he, your boy, CM Punk. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> and then it was advocate for Brock Lesnar. And that was it. Now it's wise, man. I think I read an interview that he has a very small list of people that he'd be willing to work with. And I wonder now if after the whole blood thing, like he would put solo as a solo act as someone to, to work with. But like we talked about, not having much for a Shayna Baszler for Ronda Rousey, especially Ronda Rousey, like that dynamic of, of having a, a female within, you know, Paul Heyman's kind of aura always kind of thought was a, was a great idea. Something that they should have done. So I wonder if, again, if Roman says, Hey Paul, I don't really need you. you know, he jumps over to soul, but maybe he brings anybody else with him. Cause maybe again, it's add to the bloodline. <laughs> yeah. I, and again, I, you know, you could add anybody to the, to the bloodline. I mean, we saw it with Sami Zayn. Like, you could add anybody in there. I think, you know, it does make sense for Solo to kind of join his real brothers. And because again, Roman doesn't 
I think we're realizing like Roman does not need Solo. And one of the things I'm constantly getting reminded of probably from WrestleMania on how they booked Roman is you kind of forget how dominant Roman is in the ring by himself one-on-one. Like last year's match at SummerSlam with Brock, phenomenal match, but Roman was great in that. You know, yep. even WrestleMania against Brock, like you keep going with, like we talked about, he put so many people over, but he dominated so many people, just straight dominated a ton of people. So I think, you know, getting him back to that, you know what? I tried to elevate my whole family. I tried to get everybody on here. Didn't work. They all turned against me. Now it's just me. I'm going to do what, you know, Roman Reigns, what I'm going to do and just, you know, dominate everybody. I am so excited for Raw tomorrow, Friday night SmackDown on, uh, on Friday. But uh, I, you think the Roman shows up on Friday? Or you think they, they give it a week to I let it simmer? I think and Roman like, shows up. I, I think, as, if I remember his schedule, they came up with like oh, a nice right. little draft schedule. I think he's working. I, it's like, it's like well, does he have a day off or not? I think he's <laughs> um, If not, they could, you know, they could carry with again with, with Jay and with everybody else. The one thing I'm going to... And I talked to to my brother about this. The one thing I talk about is once you get Roman potentially running through the bloodline, running through the Simone family tree, there's one guy out there. (laughs) There's one guy out there that hasn't been back in WWE in a while. You think he might might show up. I know he's busy filming whatever Fast and Furious movie they're on right now, but, you know. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? If you get through Jay and you get through Jimmy and you get through Solo, I mean, you you got to think like, all right, there, there, there's one more wrestling Samoan out there that we can think of that has a nice legacy that, again, doesn't – like that's another match. And I think the, one of the things with Roman is you don't need it to always be a title match. It helps when it is. But, like, again, his last – two premium live events he was on well the one was a tag title match and this one was just a, a tag team match like you know you don't need it to always be for the title but again you never know yeah you never know the rock and roman reigns does not need a title for the record right they could run that wherever whenever however and it's going to draw all numbers it's going to draw my eyes um everyone casuals will be watching it because it, I mean, you see Roman Reigns on commercials for the Olympics and stuff like that. I get the connection and everything, but still, like he's a big enough star. He's like near that John Cena level, man. Yeah, you needed to like again. You got to strike when, like you said, it doesn't need a a title. So if you were to take the title off him over the next, I don't know, year or so, right? You can wrap up this quasi bloodline storyline, and you could get to a point where it's like, all right, you know what? This doesn't need a title, but then again, like it's still going to be a great match, and it, the story's there, right? You know, people were were thinking about it. You remember back when? Um, I think it was either Rock Cena one, maybe where The Rock came back and then didn't really do much anything for a year, but it was like, okay, it's going to be Rock Cena at WrestleMania next year. Like they called it yep. early. And then it was just a year buildup of like, oh my god, there's going to be amazing Rock Cena. They could do something similar to where he's calling it the whole bloodline, and then Rock comes out and he's like, you know what? We'll 
settle the bloodline dispute at WrestleMania and then just doesn't matter how much time in between it is. It's just like they're out in the open. Like that Roxena thing, like they said, all right, Roxena match of a lifetime. Then you had match of a lifetime part two, which is incredible. But yeah, like match of a lifetime. Yeah. You had a year build up. Did it get old a little bit possibly, but no one cared. You can do the same thing, but they're just such big names. That shit was incredible. Looking back, like it's still, uh, stands the test of time. I mean, man blew his quad out. I think <laughs> <laughs> that shit was crazy, but I still couldn't believe that they, the rock won the first one. And, yeah. But, but I will say, I think the, the sooner, the better, if they're going to implement Dwayne, uh, in this somehow, uh, I mean, the man is getting up there and I know he's in great shape, but at 51 years old, if we want to have somewhat of a good match, I'd like to see right this, uh, sooner rather than later. And, um, what? Hey, what better place than the cradle of liberty, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not that I was just advocating for the fact that you know I will be in attendance at WrestleMania next year, regardless. But let me just advocate for it real quick and just try my best to get you know. Hey, let me let me get that match in Philly because that would be insane. I, I mean, the, the whole thing's gonna be incredible regardless. But that would just blow the doors off. And maybe it's selfish of me to put it out in the universe like no. that. But you never know. You're not the only one, and I, I hear the reports though that they still the belief is that they're going to go Cody and him at Mania next year. But I I wonder how they get back to that, and I to um, me it really doesn't have the same juice behind it that it would the first time. And even if he I don't know I don't really don't know how they could do it. It was the perfect time to capitalize on it last time if that's what they were going to yeah. do. Uh, I don't think they're going to give that to Cody Rhodes. That just... Well, the Cody story is weird because, again, he, he came out and said, like, finishing the story is not winning the heavyweight championship. Finishing the story is winning that WWE title, which, yep. like, is great. Like, incredible stuff. But, yeah, like, you kind of – you can't give Cody the, the Rumble again. Like, he's not going to win the Rumble in back-to-back years. It would have to be some sort of, like – whether it be a calling out type thing or whatever, I think it, it could come when you you isolate Roman right from his entire family. So you get Roman isolated. Maybe you get like a Roman versus Solo. Like maybe you drag that out until like a Royal Rumble match where you get Roman versus Solo, <clears throat> um, and then you kind of get Cody because Cody called this happening during the lead up into WrestleMania. He said, "You know what, your brother, you." Your cousins are all going to leave you. It's just going to be you out there, and you got to do whatever. That could be the way they bring it up. Again, is again, he defends his title by himself for a solid couple months, and then Cody comes out and says, you know, we knew this. Was, I told you this was going to happen, that all this other stuff, and, and throws himself back in there. But it, it is kind of weird. If they run it back, I think great. I, I, the match was great in and of itself, and the – like we talked about, the storyline is there, and you don't need them to wrestle every week. You just have fire promos leading up every week until you get there. So I think it's in it's in fine hands if that's what you want to do. But I, yeah, again, you don't know how exactly they're they're going to get there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I won't shit on it before it even uh, becomes you know available. It would be weird I, though because again, last year and they're on different in, shows. Yeah, it's, that's true, too. There's not going to be – Triple H might have to institute another draft. No, another Make trade. Free agent or something. Maybe drop a trade in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, again, and last year was kind of the perfect storm events because he was coming back off the injury. He won the Rumble. L.A., Hollywood, WrestleMania, backdra- uh, backdrop. You, you had that main event on night two, 
which was, again, closing out WrestleMania. It was almost near perfect of a timing to to do it. Um, and then I think you could have given Cody a nice kind of long title reign. Because, again, we Roman hasn't defended his title since WrestleMania. Yeah. He wasn't at Backlash. He wasn't at he was at Night of Champions doing the tag titles. And then last the other day he did the tag match. So like thinking back at it, yeah, you could have had Cody this entire time just have that title. And then the Brock Lesnar matches again for a title kind of make a bit a bit more sense. But um I get I, why is, they didn't do it though. Yeah, yeah, because you didn't want Brock. Like you wanted Brock to get. You didn't want Brock to get three straight law or yeah, three straight losses. We shall like, see. I mean, you I... wanted Brock. You wanted Brock to be with Cody, and you didn't want like, okay, well, we can't change the title off of Cody now. So, like, what are we gonna do with Brock? Which again, it makes sense, but it is also one of those things where, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I trust Triple H. You know, I, I, and Triple H, we trust. I, I can't. I really can't wait to see where they go with it because you usually get your answers pretty quick as yep. to what the next move is or where where Especially their direction now, is. Especially now with SummerSlam coming up, they want to milk all these weeks leading into SummerSlam. They want to, you know, get the card out probably as early as possible. That way, again, you get weeks of Seth, Finn, Damian, Roman. Like you get weeks of all of these uh, promos. Yeah, we we do have uh, Roman next week, not the week after. He'll be there the twenty first. Okay. He'll be there the twenty eighth, and then he'll be at SummerSlam. So okay, so one week off. Which I think it's interesting though that he's not going to show up to the SummerSlam or the uh, SmackDown right before SummerSlam. Which I I don't know if that is accurate or whatnot, or if that could change if things get closer. <laughs> but they usually like <laughs> to pump that up the last uh, you know the last show before. This will be a big SmackDown coming up this Friday, thinking of it, because it's in MSG. Yeah, and he'll so be there. Get, what? He'll be there, so it's good. Yeah, yeah. And you'll get like a, some fire promos. It's in, it's in the garden. They're going to want to soup it up a bit. Um, yeah, it, that is interesting that he's not going to be ready for something. When's SummerSlam? The 5th? The uh, 5th. I have to do a, a, a live stream for that one. Fuck, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I am so excited. I'm already excited for that. That's that's how they much they they have me already like wrapped up, man. I am like there's really no like set matches yet, so it's kind of like where are they really like where are they gonna go with a lot of this shit? I mm-hmm. and, and like like Edge, Edge is just a back now, so it's like where is he gonna like filter in here like who's gonna come out during this grayson waller segment and, and ruin it and set something up with him right so I, it's like honestly if if grayson waller's cleared and if he can he can wrestle i wouldn't mind edge taking it to grayson waller at SummerSlam and putting him putting him over as a nice as a nice heel i can't he's got to spear the shit he's spear him through the ring man well, you know, I think I think Edge will win. I think Edge would win that. But again, put on a, a good show to where you look at Grayson Waller. It's like, guy. Right, this dude can, this dude can tell a little bit. Yeah, because again, I think it was not that it was a coincidence, but you put two and two together in your head when you see okay, Grayson Waller was out there with John Cena, and then they announced that Edge is going to be on with Grayson Waller, and then you kind of realize like, okay, the Edge and Cena history runs deep. Grayson Waller might talk some some smack about that. Edge and Cena history, and then kind of, or Edge might bring it up and say uh, his boy Cena just kind of gave it to him a bit. Um, we'll see. And again, 
putting out there with Edge, AJ Styles is still on SmackDown. So someone's got to figure out what he's been doing and get him back into something because I need, I need more AJ Styles. Yeah, they're gonna do him and Karrion Cross, please. Uh, I, I am, I'm all right on that. But uh, hey, man, this has been a pleasure. We got to do this every week. I I oh, have yeah. thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, Dude, I, you you want to do a recap after every? I say we do one a week, down. man. One a week. We we, we do break down both shows and just kind of talk about what's next, and then we could do a preview of the, of the premium live events, and then a, just like we did here, a little breakdown. So. Oh hell yeah, I'm in. Hell yeah, man. Dude. I finally get to finally get someone to talk about wrestling with. Yeah, I, I got a few. I felt my friends are into it. So I got my brother. Uh, he's into it as well. But you know, like last time we got together, you know, we tried talking about it. And we get like eighteen dirty looks from everybody. Yeah, they're like, "What? What are these guys still talking about? Like, yeah. you know, why, why are you doing hardcore like, breakdown of the Undertaker? It's like, well, you don't get it, man. You really don't get it. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you don't understand it. All right, just just say you don't understand it. It's fine. All right, ladies oh, yeah, and gentlemen. I'm, in- I'm sorry, God. No, I'm in, dude. Whatever you want to do, I'm down. Hell yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's been the Hot Take Hotbox. We will be back next week. Hell next yeah. week. And we will do the same thing, same time next week, ladies and gentlemen. So, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back. <laughs>